Good morning, Delaware. It is another wonderful October morning here in uh, beautiful Delaware, and we are delighted to have you with us. My guest host today is Karen Cowan, president of the Friends of the Delaware County District Library. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing really well, thank you. Glad to have you here. We've got a lot going on with the Friends this weekend and the, the weeks to come, so we want to talk about all of that as part of the show. Our guest today is uh, is Andrew Welsh Huggins from uh, Columbus, who is one of our three mystery writers who's going to be part of... Uh, um, authors and Ales at Ill Manor Brewery on October 25th. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. We are uh, del- thanks for having me. Oh, we're delighted to have you with us. Uh, we can't wait to talk about uh, the empty gra- an, an empty grave. Excuse me. The uh, the the new novel featuring Andy Hayes. We'll talk all about that in the second half of the show. But we're going to kick off with uh, what people are reading. So, Karen, what are you reading right now? Um, I have read a. It's a. Agatha Christie-like book that is just really cool. It's called The Guest List, and it's by Lucy Foley. And it takes place on an island off of Ireland. So the opening scenes, there are a bunch of people in a boat. The water's kind of rough. People are kind of sick. They're kind of wondering why they went to this, why they got inv- or why they, they're going across the island. But they're all been invited to a wedding that's the wedding of the century. It's got a um, magazine publisher bride and a TV icon groom and um, beautifully scented candles and the best champagne and a wedding planner who will stop at nothing to make this the wedding of the century. And they all trudge to the island. And it's kind of fun for a while. And then the electricity goes out. <laughs> and then um, after a while, somebody dies. And um, and you don't find out who dies until the very end of the book. It is really <laughs> Agatha Christie-like. She does really a good job of the backstory. You've got like five different narrators. So she switches narrators like almost every chapter. But you get the backstories of the narrators and, and how they're all interacting. Um, there's a group of college friends who are part of this wedding party. And they have a drinking game, which they did in college, which they... Um, recreate at the pre before the wedding probably not a good idea um, not, no no, no. <laughs> college games no not yeah, especially good, not when people are dying and no, there's no electricity no, yeah. no no um it's just really a fun novel i sat down with it and i thought okay i was reading for a book club i'll read one chapter um and at the end of the novel i got up out of the chair it's, <laughs> it's just a fun novel she really d- does a good job with the characters she really does a good job with the narration she, this is her second novel she's from britain the first novel's called The Hunting Party. I just started that. It's kind of the same way of different narrators and different things. Um, I would recommend um, the um, guest list to anybody who wants to sit and have a good Saturday afternoon in the rain reading about murder mysteries. (laughs) Sounds great. And uh, again, it's called The Guest guest List. list And the author again? Lucy Foley. Great. All right. All right. Uh, Andrew, what, what have you been reading or listening to recently? Um, well, first of all, that sounds really interesting. I'm going to put that on my list for sure. <laughs> yes. um, so the, the reading I tend to do tends to be pretty eclectic. Um, a lot of mystery fiction, obviously, a lot of short mystery fiction, but also um, the, a lot of uh, nonfiction and then books we're doing for a book club. But recently I just um, committed to um, taking care of an oversight in my reading, and I've been catching up on all the um, easy Rollins novels. Oh, yeah. Walter Mosley. Um, so I had read um, Devil in a Blue Dress years ago. That was the only one I'd ever read. And I realized I couldn't figure out why I'd never really continued this series. And I'm so happy I did. Um, so if, for readers who 
or listeners who are not aware, um, Walter Mosley is is a contemporary writer, but he has set a a series about his character Easy Rollins in Los Angeles, um, beginning right after World War II, and he moves it forward slowly in time. Uh, where I'm reading Cinnamon Kiss now, and we're up to 1966. Uh, Rollins is an African American. Um, he's uh, calling him a detective is a a little bit. Um, not quite accurate, although by later in the books, he does receive a private investigator's license, but he's essentially a sort of off-the-books researcher and um, and helper. People come to him with, in the community with problems, and uh, he sets out to solve them, and he ends up in lots of um, very precarious situations. Um, <clears throat> one of the things, I mean, Mosley is just such a fantastic writer. Um, his characters are so well drawn, and um, you really get a, a sense of Los Angeles, what it was really like, um, mainly from the black community's perspective. But not, but not only that. This is a really well drawn picture of a of a community in a time and place that we don't always see. Um, and I've sort of been, um, I, I was a I. Am and was and am a big fan of um, Earl Stanley Gardner's uh, Perry Mason novel, mm-hmm. also set in L.A. Um, and I sort of they piqued my interest when I was all of eight years old. And I <laughs> pulled, the, pulled the paperback copies off my mom's shelf and started reading. But as I'm rereading those, I'm understanding, unfortunately, that um, the L.A. that Gardner wrote about was very much a fictional place. It, it, there. It, just doesn't resemble what the reality was at the time. There's practically no characters of color at all. And while the mysteries are really, are real, are so really good, the picture of LA just isn't realistic. So that's one of the things I, I really like about Mosley's novels. Um, and then I will add just, um, cause I guess I'm on a LA kick. Um, I've also just recently read all of the, all Steph Cha's books, Steph Cha. She's a Los Angeles writer and she has a series about a, a Korean American private investigator named Juniper Song. And there's three books in that series so far. <clears throat> and I really recommend those as well. Um, partly because they, these are all set in today in contemporary time, but they really, they really give this fantastic portrayal of modern Los Angeles um, with a, I, I guess, somewhat of an emphasis on, um, on Koreatown. But, um, there's a lot of moral ambiguity in these books, and the, her main character, Juniper Song, makes decisions that at times you're not entirely comfortable with, but I really like that gray that she puts in these books. And what's so, her name um, again? The author's name? The author's name is Steph Cha. C-H-A is the last name. Steph Cha. Okay. I'm writing so, it down because uh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, so okay. Steph Cha and Walter Mosley, those are... Um, those are pretty much what I've been focusing on, um, and I will add for our book club. We just fin- I just finished um, uh, Louise Erdrich's uh, *The Night Watchman*, oh, um, yeah. which mm-hmm. we read for a book club, and um, obviously very different than what I'm just talking about. But um, I think Nicole reviewed that on here a couple of years ago when it first came yeah. out. Yeah, so okay. yeah, that's really, a great uh, book. Yes, really. Uh, what I like about it is it, I, it's a really feels like a really honest depiction of life on a on and off an Indian reservation in the 
in the Dakotas um, in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Really, really a remarkable book. So, uh, actually, Earl Stanley Garner, funny you mentioned it, got me kicked out of the Boy Scouts. Um, I, I was on a camping trip, and uh, I disappeared for a while because I was reading a, a Perry Mason novel, and it was more interesting than what they were doing with cutting wood and stuff. So, anyway, the scoutmaster tracked me down, found the book, was furious with it, dragged me home, uh, said to my mother, Do you look, look at this pornography he's reading. It was the, the case of the Vagabond Virgin. <laughs> and he said, "Do you know where she got where he got this?" And my mother said, "Yeah, I gave it to him." <laughs> so that was the end of my Boy Scout career. Uh, anyway, so that's a fantastic uh, story. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. Yeah, I read the uh, the rest of the the Earl Stanley Garner. Thanks to my mother, she always tried to get me into English mysteries, which I never really liked. Uh, so I was more of the hard boiled school. We'll talk about more about that in the second half of the show. But my book today had nothing to do with mysteries or anything like that. I I was wandering through the Friends of the Library books that they're getting ready to sell. And this was a donation, a book called Gunfighters, A Chronicle of Dangerous Men and Violent Death by a gentleman named El Chimino or Cimino. Um, I can't find any information about him anywhere. In fact, I thought at first maybe he was one of those made-up names that a syndicate used to publish a whole lot of books by one person, but he's been published by a whole lot of different companies. So he may actually be a real human being, but there's nothing in Wikipedia, nothing on Amazon, (laughs) nothing in Goodreads about him specifically. So anyway, this is a, it's not a bad book. It's uh, it's profusely illustrated with both historic and, and rarely seen photos of some of the legends of the old West, like Jesse James and Wild Bill Hickok, Calamity Jane, Bat Masterson, people like that. Um, it's five parts cover gamblers and gunslingers, outlaws and vigilantes, lawmen and peacekeepers, bank robbers and bad men, and misfits and serial killers. And because a lot of the men in this book crossed over these five divisions, there's a considerable <laughs> overlap in these stories. Uh, for example, John Wesley Harding shows up all over the place. Um, then there's several common themes pervade the book. One is that an outsized number of the men who fought for the Confederacy in the Civil War ended up as outlaws of one sort or another. Um, another recurring theme is that the line between good guy and bad guy was pretty permeable. Uh, someone could be a deputy U.S. Marshal one day and riding with a train robbing gang the next. Uh, and the last theme is both the, the Old West period and the lives of most of these uh, hombres was, in words stolen from another context, nasty, brutish, and short. Very few of the men discussed in this book died in their beds of old age. Um, some were lynched, some were executed by the state, some died in uh, an botched criminal activity. Only a few survived to old age, but some of those had very interesting last acts of their lives. For example, Bat Masterson ended up as a sports writer for the New York World Telegram going well into the 1920s. Uh, Henry Starr moved from Bandit to silent film star and then back to Bandit. Cole Younger and Frank James ended up in Wild West tribute shows and on, in carnivals. So uh, they're, they're kind of interesting people. But on the downside, this book gives very short shrift to the women, the African-Americans, the Mexicans, and, of course, the Native Americans who were vital parts of the history of the Old West. Um, this is an insidiously common flaw in books, movies, TV shows, and other media presentations of the Western movement of the country. But in a book this recent, it was published in 2016, this gap is really apparent and, embar- uh, and embarrassing. So this book will go back to the Friends of the Library for their book sale this afternoon. Uh, so uh, I'm, yeah, I'm handing it over to Karen even as we speak. And so uh, it's not available through the library, but if you get to the book sale early, you can pick it up. That's so, right. <laughs> anyway, we are going to take a break here. Uh, and 
And when we come back, we will be talking to, to Andrew Welsh Huggins about his latest book and about some other uh, of the uh, Andy Hayes story. So stay tuned. She's over there going, no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's Gage Tellis commenting on the uh, the weather forecast and our, our engineer and running our board. But hey, I was wondering, I wonder if that guy buys used library buildings. Oh, he, you know, he probably does. I probably would. Yeah. So That'd be anyway. interesting. <laughs> so anyway, we are very happy today to welcome Andrew Welsh Huggins as our guest. Uh, Andrew, by day, is an Associated Press reporter in Columbus, but uh, we're talking to him in his role as the author of the Andy Hayes Private Eye series that's published by Swallow Press. It uh, features a private investigator who is a former Ohio State and Cleveland Browns quarterback. Uh, He's also the editor of Columbus Noir from Akashic, and I'm probably murdering that word, books, uh, but he's also written short mystery fiction that's appeared in Nullary Queen Mystery Magazine, Mystery Tribune, Mystery uh, Weekly Magazine, and he's also the author of at least two books of nonfiction, including No Winners Here Tonight, which is the definitive history of the death penalty in Ohio. So, Andrew, welcome to Off the Shelf. Again, great to be here. Thanks. And uh, by the way, you pronounced Akashic books exactly right. So uh, That's gold am- star- that is amazing because usually I like mispronounce Needham and Cowan and stuff like that. So uh, <laughs> anyway, it's great to have you here. Uh, first, I have to ask you in your bio, you say that uh, you cover criminal justice, the Ohio State House, and long lived zoo animals. So I was just wondering, how do you tell the difference? <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult, especially with the state house. <laughs> a lot of them are long-lived because they switch back and forth with term limits, but that's another story for another day. Um, how does your so, But seriously, how does your journalism intersect with your fiction? Yeah, so you know, I've been a I've been a reporter since 1988, and I've been um, probably trying my hand at mystery fiction for about the same amount of time, and um, I. I sort of have been able to get the education in uh, criminal justice techniques, uh, police procedural, um, all that stuff, sort of on the job. Mm -hmm. You know, I started as a police reporter at a small paper in Indiana uh, in the early 90s, and that that was such a great experience. And then I've just always had an interest in criminal justice issues. Uh, I've written a lot about the death penalty. Um, I've covered a lot of, of big um, well-known criminal cases. And, um, sometimes I, I basically borrow, uh, storylines from those things that I've reported on and those end up in my fiction. Um, but other times I think it's just helped, um, uh, it's helped me understand how the, the criminal justice system works. And I, I hope that it gives my writing a bit of realism so that I, I understand court procedure, police procedure, um, things that, you know, sometimes you will read a mystery novel and um, there's just little things that people get wrong. Um, <laughs> and it, it can be uh, one one that drives me crazy. Uh, and you see this on TV all the time as well is, is um, they currently can't tell the difference between going to jail and going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a, that's a small thing, but it also speaks to like um, maybe a bigger misunderstanding of how the whole thing works. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So um, I, uh, my, my journalism often ends up in my mystery writing. Um, the, the opposite is probably not true other than um, I've just learned different oh, things about writing over the years, writing my fiction mm-hmm. in terms of descriptions that I probably do translate into my journalism. Very cool. So, so Columbus is not L.A. It's not Chicago or New York. Is Columbus difficult to, to write about, um, especially in the style that you're writing? 
Yeah, what a what a great question. Um, you know, I think Columbus, and I've said this for years, Columbus is is one of the most ideal cities to write a, a mystery series in. And I'm I'm happy to say that you know there's there's other series now too. And if anybody hasn't read um, Kristen Lepianka's series about Private Eye, Roxanne Weary, um, which is also set in Columbus, um, I strongly encourage you to hunt those books up. They're fantastic. There's a short story um, by her in Columbus Noir, isn't there? There is, yep. Okay, yep. Great, great story set in um, in Old Town East. Cool. Uh, um, so, I mean, here's my take on Columbus. So I'm not I'm not a native. I actually, I grew up in the Finger Lakes um, in upstate New York in an extremely rural area, so very different than Columbus. But, you know, the, to me, there's there was what we think of as maybe the old Columbus, where there were sort of three things that I think were super special. You know, you had obviously Ohio State, which is this giant educational um, institution that drives a lot of what happens in the city. And then you have um, all these iconic neighborhoods of Columbus, uh, German Village, the Short North, Clintonville, uh, the West Side, where I live, the Hilltop. Um, just really great, interesting neighborhoods. Um, and then you have the State House, which, um, you know, is a huge source of inspiration for um, corruption, wrongdoing. Um, <laughs> You can keep mining it. Okay, so you take take that mix of what I think of as kind of what made old old Columbus special, and then you look at our city now, um, where um, you know the city's booming. We're the 14th largest city in the United States. Um, we just I believe we just hit a close to a million residents. Um, we're on track to add hundreds of thousands more. Um, you know, if you drive around Columbus, the the um, the city bird is obviously the crane because there are cranes <laughs> everywhere. There's so much, even my side of town, um, through the bottoms and up onto the hilltops. It's just being transformed, um, and and so and it, add to that, you know, we've had this wonderful um, immigration to the city. We have quite a large Mexican population now. Uh, the Nepali, the uh, Nepalese, Bhutan Nepalese refugees, obviously the Somali population. I think this has really helped enliven the city and make it even more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, then I also like to say that, you know, tall buildings cast long shadows. And so with a lot of this growth, we now have a lot of the same issues that, that a lot of big cities have, including Chicago and L.A. We have a horrible street violence problem. Um, for a while, we were the, that probably still are, um, an epicenter the heroin trade uh, we've been hit very hard by the opioid epidemic um and there's plenty of you know um good and bad things about all this development so you put all this together and i just think like i said i i did not really start successfully publishing mystery fiction until i got to columbus and i realized this was such a great city to write about and so i i remain a big fan of this as a place um to base mystery fiction in well, let me jump in here because I, it would be a shame to talk about your books in the broad sense like that without talking about your hero, uh, Andy Hayes. Don't call me Woody. Uh, seven books now uh, from 2014 to 2021 uh, feature Andy. Talk a little bit about Andy and, and who he is and, and what he represents in the in these books. Sure. Thanks. So, um, yeah, I'd always been a big fan of um, private eye fiction in general. I, I read, you know, a lot of the the classics, um, you know, the Raymond Chandlers and the, um, you know, Dashiell Hammett's, uh, Sam Spade and the Continental Op. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of Robert B. Parker's Spencer books. Mm-hmm. Um, and more recently, a big fan of um, Les Roberts' 
Private Eye series set in Cleveland um, with his character Milan Yakovich. So I knew I wanted a Private Eye character, um, and I knew I, I knew it was going to be set in Columbus. Uh, and the character came about um, as I was trying to figure out. You know, all these Private Eyes typically have uh, baggage. They're sort of you know <laughs> uh, fallen sold, fallen angels, wounded warrior types. Down these mean streets, a man must walk. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And then trying to figure out what what uh, Hayes's backstory was going to be, I thought about making him uh, an ex-military person, which is quite a common trope. Uh, perhaps an ex-police officer, also again, has been done a lot. But um, uh, ultimately, um, I realized uh, that you know, again, I'm not from, I'm not from Columbus, and I had a really good introduction to this city in the fall of 1998 when I arrived, when um, Ohio State was on its way to the national uh, championship football title. And um, on November 7th of 1998, they lost to Michigan State. Not Michigan, but Michigan State. Mm-hmm. So they, they went 8-1 and one at that point. And as an outsider, I remember thinking, oh, that's too bad. You know, they lost. <laughs> well, it became very clear to me that that this basically was a cause for citywide mourning. And um, <laughs> the season was literally over because there was no national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward to when I was working on this series, I, I quickly realized that how the baggage that my guy was going to carry was go- was going to have been to be that person, you know, the God who walks among us, an Ohio State quarterback, BMOC, who uh, who blows it. Mm-hmm. And in Hayes' backstory, his senior year, he gets arrested a week before the Michigan game. They lose the game and the national championship, and he's persona non grata from that point on. Um, and as as he grows, becomes an investigator, a lot of a lot of what he does is is try to make up for the sins of his youth in, in various ways. So, um, and he stays around Columbus because he has he has two sons here by two different ex wives, and and part of his shtick is. You know, again, trying to be the dad that he never was as a as a younger person, and that um, I think so, answers the question that I I had when I was the first when I read the first book, the uh, fourth down and out. I thought, why does he even stay in Columbus? Because everybody hates him here. <laughs> it's like, what you? Right. Why would you stick around when you're 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 considered like slightly just above maybe? Uh, uh, I, I can't even think of somebody who is hated quite so much as somebody who would shave points on an Ohio State game. I mean, that's just like. Yeah, so anyway, but that, that's fascinating though. I mean, giving him the backstory with the kids is is really what makes that that interesting because you you can't imagine Sam Spade with children. It just doesn't work. I mean, you, right. you just can't do it. So this makes him a much more interesting character. I, we've got a couple of things I've got to cover for the library. We are going to talk more at Authors and Ales on October 25th at Ill Mannered Brewery. Uh, we are sold out, but you can get your name on a wait list. Yes. Um, if, uh, so uh, if, if the weather's nice, we'll be able to move out into the patio. That's why we have to have the wait list, because we have a limited amount of space in inside the brewery. So anyway, we're looking forward to seeing you there on October 25th. Andrew Welsh-Huggins, along with uh, Connie Berry and Robin Yoakum for that, that event. And uh, thank you so much for being here. I, I Like I said, I have a couple of things. The library is moving our story times indoors starting next week. Uh, but I have to tell you, the, most of them are not going to be in the library. Our off-time story, uh, off-site story times for De- Delaware are going to be held at the Willis Ed- Education Center gym on Wednesdays at 10:30. Um, thank you very much to the Board of Education and 
uh, Delaware for letting us use the space. Uh, our ones for Orange are going to be offered on Tuesday and Thursday at 1130 at Ohio Health Chiller North. So thank you to folks at Ohio Health for cooperating with us on that. And our ones for Powell are going to be held in the municipal building on Wednesday and Friday at 1030. Uh, so th- those will be, uh, again, inside at the municipal building, thanks to the folks at the city of Powell. Ostrander, we have enough space in Ostrander with being a, uh, with the movable shelving and everything that we're going to continue to host those uh, story times in the Ostrander Branch Library on Thursdays at 11. The full schedule is available on our website, DelawareLibrary.org. So please check it out, and we look forward to seeing you inside with those. And I would be remiss if I didn't say to Karen, what do the friends wanted to push in the last minute of this show? We have a book sale at Delaware. Really? Starting tonight at 5 o'clock, tonight 5 to 8. Tomorrow it's... Um, Nine to three, nine to four. And um, if you come in and say, I heard Karen and George on the radio, we'll give you a free book. All right. So, and then we have our flower sale that's that you will get information about. And of course, our author visit on, on October 25th. We're pretty busy this month. Yeah, this is a great month for the friends yes. and for the library. So thank you very much, Karen, for all that you do for the library, for the friends. And, and please convey my thanks to everybody. I'll see most of you because I'm helping to do the setup this afternoon. Yes, so, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you to Gage Tellis for our work behind the board. And of course, thank Absolutely. you to Andrew Welsh Huggins for your uh, participation, not only in the show, for, but for doing the spots for the, the friends and for being there on October 25th. We really appreciate it. And I got to tell I love your books. So thank you so much. We've got them all available at the Delaware County District Library, including uh, all the, the Andy Hayes Mysteries, Columbus Noir, the nonfiction. So please check check him out at the library. And so. they will be on sale at the um, at the author visit. That's right. Yes. yes. So yes. If, you, if you want to get your book autographed, we can do that too. So yes. Thanks again, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. All right. And so we will see you in the stacks. <laughs>